wanted to run a rogue uh, theme campaign and no sneak attack for everybody. And none <laughs> of the players showed up to the game. So session's canceled. Welcome. God, I just... <laughs> Yeah, right. We really won't let this sneak attack thing die, and I'm here for it. This is this is great. It's it's pretty great. Uh, welcome to uh, another uh, fantastical adventure in the uh, sessions canceled podcast. I am, you know, everyone's favorite bank robber extraordinaire, uh, Percy Glaxon. Matt, what's up? I, I'm here with my boy, uh, Mercy Maxon himself. No, uh, my no, I'm not going no. by these fucking naming conventions. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's me, Isaiah. Uh, the only the only one here besides Matt. We uh, we lost two people to the warp this week. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have a, just a nice, short, uh, cursed, hopefully. So, maybe uh, cursed. Someone, oh. ch- someone chilled, chilled out, chaotically chilled out episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just one... Two people absolutely burnt out on the universe being like, damn, though, D&D be pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, random question. So I out of all these like weeks we've been doing this and talking and joking about the warp, I I actually don't know what the warp is. I, I assume it's some sort of alternate what? dimension. Yeah, I know. I, I just kind of <laughs> generally assumed. I'm like, oh, they're lost in the warp. Oh, it's got to be some 40K dimension where the yeah, orcs okay, like took okay, over or some right. shit. <laughs> so I guess we're going to start off with, with some 40K lore. So uh, in, in the universe of Warmer 40K, the only way to travel faster than light is to open up a, dim- like, a, a portal to another dimension, which is like kind of hell but it's also kind of not. Uh, and you basically go through that area to take a shortcut in real space and you pop out the other side. But the problem with the warp and that it's basically hell is that it acts kind of fucky wucky. So you could show up, you could like, you're like, oh, the warp, the, the, the travel should be like estimated three weeks. And then it's 12 minutes from when you left. And you're like, oh shit, we made it early, sick. It could pop you out. 2,000 years later after the war is already over, or it can pop you in 2,000 years before you even left, and now you're back in time. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, to, so, and the only way to not be, um, uh, 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 diddled by Trapped. demons, uh, oh. is you need to use this thing called a Geller field, which basically, it's a, it's a machine that traps a bubble of, of real space around your ship so that when you travel through the warp, the demons don't get in and do the no-no to the bad thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But Geller Fields, if they fail for like even a second, you have demons. Congratulations, now there's <laughs> demons. Oh my God. Yeah, so, uh, and awful. it's not uncommon for ships to get lost in the warp. It's not particularly safe, but it's like, I mean, it's relatively safe, let's put it that way. But it's really the only way that they the, the, the Imperium can do anything is with the warp. Uh, yeah, that's wild oh. that we never. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe no, I just, that joke I, went on for over a month. So long. We never. <laughs> I so like I assume people listening to this are like they're they they know a little bit more in you know 40k than all I know about 40k is orcs and vermintide. That's it. I don't know that's, shit. I, I, but I hate to break it to you, but vermintide isn't even 40k. That's warmer fantasy. Ah, shit. All right. Yeah. See, I'm even, yeah. I'm even more I'm out of the loop. No, no, look, it's fine. Dark Tide's coming out at some point. It was just delayed. I, I'm crying a little. It's fine. But when we all play Dark Tide and Sam eventually runs 50 miles downrange through the mission while we're looking for collectibles, then uh, yeah. you'll be able to learn a little bit about the lore. All right. Sick. 
But uh, but today is not a, a 40k themed episode. Today's episode uh, specifically, I, I've been having this rattling in my brain for quite a while now because I, I started realizing it's like I'm running a themed campaign. Isaiah is running a themed campaign. Sam is kind of running. A th Actually, no, Sam is running a themed campaign. No matter what Josh says, he's running a themed campaign. <laughs> so like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this, that's, what a great topic. Good job, me. Thanks, me. <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> that's right. I'm the best. So I want to <laughs> talk about like theme campaigns and like what, like why do people run theme campaigns? What is exactly a themed campaign? Because like if you talk to like other people about it and like there's so many different interpretations about what like people do as a theme campaign, what isn't a theme campaign. So I, I don't know, like when well, like when you hear theme campaign, what do you initially go to? Like, what's the first thought that like jumps to your mind? Um, usually like genre, right? Like that's the that's yeah. yeah. Like you know, are we doing fantasy, steampunk, urban fantasy, sci-fi, post-apocalypse, uh, sword and sandal? Yeah, yeah. It can jump from genre or even like one of the neat things I found out recently. It's well, not recently, but like it can also even go to like characters. So like. One of the examples I, I liked uh, that I heard so many people do, it's like, you know, the only one class like theme game or only one race theme game or something like that, where it's like, oh, every we're all dwarves and we're all trying to, you know, break into the mountain. And then you have that one guy who's just like, I want to play a halfling. <laughs> it ruins everyone's fun. Nice. But nice. I, I'm getting the references yeah, here. I'm getting them. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Very nice. But yeah, so I, I yeah, because I, I think like the idea of, of the theme campaign is like you have this one main idea that you want to run with as a whole campaign and the players are on board with it and everyone comes together. It's it, it builds like a, a shared motivation for both the players and the DM of what kind of game we're running, as well as like a commonality of like everyone's familiar. So like like for me, as an example, it's I'm running the Strixhaven game. So literally everyone like I'm like, all right, guys fucking you know harry potter let's go with magic dnd <laughs> and that was like that literally onboarded like half the players because i was the weird person out of my like friends group who never grew up interested in harry potter it was always a thing and i'm like yeah it looks cool and now as an adult as a man i finally sat down before running my magic school campaign and watched all the Harry Potter movies back to back. And I was like, oh, this is why. Oh, this is neat. Damn, I, I should have watched these a while ago. <laughs> you know, you, you say that, but I distinctly remember you being like, oh, my God, this movie's so fucking boring. Oh, yeah. He's like the, the third one. <laughs> oh, the third one. Yeah, the third one is. Well, it's so, so many. Is that the time little device that Hermione has? There's so many like. Like the third one was mostly like plot stuff that like, you know, scratched my head. The fourth one was so fucking epic. And then it peaked. It peaked with that one. And uh, then it know, just went. Yeah, I think the universal <laughs> accepted reason why the fourth one is so epic is because it's a fucking tournament arc. Yes, like that's, the that's whole it. Movie. Tournament arc. That's all people want to see. <laughs> that uh. and like the weird butt rock uh, prom that they do or like home cup, whatever. The, oh the, my the Yule ball. God, it was so funny so amazingly cringe when they oh, fucking butt god. rock comes out and you're like oh yeah oh, fucking right, 12 year old me thought this was epic god <laughs> brings me back to high school and i'm just like nope yeah 
but yeah uh god where was it with that and then they're like yeah this with the magic school strict save and stuff it's like okay it's like so everyone you know it's like you want to go to magic school that's the idea it's like we're playing in a magic school campaign please for the love of god and this is going to be one of the things if you're playing in a theme game or playing a theme, don't be that one player who like bucks the trend you know don't be like mm. oh we're gonna play in a magic school campaign well i'm gonna play someone who hates magic i don't like magic and Can it's I, like well sir uh all right. wh why are you going to magic school? all right real quick real quick okay <laughs> lupo <laughs> you're getting called out i'm calling oh. you out right the fuck oh. now so i was talking with my party after uh after a particularly or, or before my session started uh last week and lupo jumped into my chat and he was like, so, uh, so Isaiah, when can I guest? And I was like, I, I don't know. Like I, when, when I've had, like when I, a get over the stress of having to deal with seven players for three and a half months, but also, uh, I don't know when, like I can figure out when to throw your character in. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to play a, uh, blade singer vampire. And I'm like, Lupo, this is a non magic on earth in California themed game. And he's like, okay, fine, 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 fine. But what if I like, what if he like wasn't a blade singer? But so we see, I like, like, you know, like a, like a scientist vampire. I'm like, Lupo, there's no fucking vampires in my setting. And he's like, really, really? You're telling me that there's no point, there's, there's like no way that vampires would exist. And I was like, no, no, Lupo. There's no fucking way vampires exist. And I'm telling you this because it's my fucking setting. Sir, have you no watched Morbius? Magic. He's just like, he was a scientist one day who genetically altered his blood yeah, right. with bat, bat blood. Like, and he became what? a scientist. And then he picked up a katana and went adventuring. Yeah, he was like, let me play fucking Michael Morbius. It's like, look, bud, if you fin a morb, you can do it anywhere, but not in my game. Not, not while there's no fucking magic in it, there ain't. Oh my god. And I was like, Lupo, you have you have a character. You played in my opening one shots. Like, just play that guy who's, you know, no, not fucking magic or a vampire. And what if he, he like, thinks uh, he's a vampire? What if he just believes? Look, if, if this whole thing was like, ooh, I'm a, I'm a you know, a scary vampire. If he was Michael Morbius, but like actually just Jared Leto, then I'd be like, all right, yeah, fine, this is good. This is a bit, I love this. But uh, no, he was like, no, no, vampire. I'm like, no, but yeah, it's not happening, no. Thanks, like, he was fine, like, I'll play a drow. And it's like, no! Yeah, it's like, no, goddammit, it, Lupo. <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> It's like, um, can I play a dwarf? <laughs> yes, fine, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you have dwarfism. Congratulations. There you go. Uh, God, yeah, it just, it was such a funny 15 oh. minutes of me being like, my guy. It's like, do not my. understand <laughs> yeah, the rules. Just, just like, it's me doing the syndrome from Incredibles. So. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was, it was really funny. Eventually I got him to be like, all right, I, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll rethink my old one shot character for something. I'm like, yes, please. Thank you. Please do that. Cause, uh, I'm sorry, my guy. No vampires. You could be a bat person because that's a thing in Hellscapes, but like they don't drink blood and they don't fly. They can glide, but they don't fly uh, and they can't stick right. to walls. They basically oh. have none of the actual vampire abilities. They just have echolocation. They can glide with their bat wings. Oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of my one of my players in the Strixhaven game who just I think he reflavored the winged tiefling and he's just pretending to be a bat person. And oh it's just God. like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, well, and it, he was he tried because we because originally he was like, can I switch out the fire resistance for something else? And I'm like, 
baby and I'm like I don't know what poison resistance and he's like no no can I just get like immunity to disease or something and like I was like ah, you know what man just let's just stick with the fire resistance and we'll we, we won't think about it too hard it's fine don't mm-hmm. worry about it you, you could have uh I don't know maybe you could have given him like uh as opposed to fire resistance maybe give him like blindsight uh maybe or, yeah like or like blinds out the 10 feeter from like uh I think yeah, that's the fighting initiative thing, right? Uh, I, isn't it ten I feet? Or is it thirty feet of blinds? Let me check on that. Was real it thirty feet? No oh, shit. Yeah, I, uh, I I had a conversation with people uh, like a year, two years ago about like blindsight, and I, they were like, "No, blindsight's like super OP." And I I literally was like, "Bro, what are you talking about? Like, it's really not like yeah, it's it's like situationally really strong." But it just doesn't, it just makes it so you don't have, like, excuse me, permanent disadvantage in the dark. Like, you can still be snuck up on. You can still, yeah. like, fall for traps and shit. It's not like you, you have, have traps, tremor sense. Flying enemies. I know a lot of people are like, well, if you're a blind monk and, like, they have the whole deflect missiles thing, it's like, does it counteract that? And it's like, maybe? I mean, that- no, I, I would say no. If, if it like, I, I don't know, you're a monk. You you have crazy fucking borderline magic powers with your your inner peace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, no, yeah. you don't you lose your deflect missiles. I'd be like, yo, bro, eat my entire ass. It's a class ability. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I did talk about this with the, my old uh, the monk player. And he uh, we had an idea where it's like, it's like, all right. So if you blind sense, it's like and range attacks have advantage on you. However, you still have access to like deflect missiles. So like if someone like is Eldritch Blast, you know, the bad guy's Eldritch Blasting you from the distance, it's like, all right, well, it sucks. But like if you're fighting a winged cobalt archer, it's like you can still catch the arrow, you know, but I, I don't know. But maybe I, maybe, I, maybe I, I think it's perfectly like fine to be like yes you're daredevil you can dodge arrows because daredevil can hear the like the the wind moving around the arrows so he's yeah. able to dodge it you know what i mean yeah like, I, that's sick uh yeah it, i was having another conversation with somebody at one point uh and they were like what i was watching i was watching character creator happen and one of the one of them was like oh so i want my character's sister to be like a blind archer uh and and the GM was like, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. You're you're blind. You can't be an archer. Uh, and they were going like back and forth a few times, and they pulled me into it, which is never never a good idea. Like, <laughs> let me keep it to my damn self. And they were like, what do you hey. think, Isaiah? And I was like, bro, it's it's D and D. Like, it, like who cares? It, does it really matter if they're a blind? It, like, also they're an NPC. Who fucking cares? You're the Wait, GM. It's an NPC? Yeah, fuck? yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought it was it was that was a little wacky woohoo, but I was like, yeah, bro, who give, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. The 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 um the balancing in five E is already all over the place anyway. So like right. does it really matter? Yeah, true. But God. I thought I thought well, you know, Sam's not here right now, he's stuck in the uh, the weird warp thing. It's like, alright, well maybe we won't tangent too hard. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Look, look, this is the episode two tangent because there's no expectations. All we True. have to do is not get canceled for real. <laughs> that's right. That's right. right. <laughs> oh, but just don't say any no no words, and we are just Gucci. don't say yeah. Um, ooh, resist stupidity impulse. Yeah, please do. But I'll kill back. you, my damn self. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, I got Sam's wanting to murder me. Josh has been wanting to murder me since well, probably since the first year of school. God damn. 
Look, if it makes you feel any better, we uh we literally can't throw you into Fuji now. Yeah, but, oh, uh, so now I'm sad. I look, I know it, it's no, big pain. It's pain. No in my more pecker. onsen episode. Big sad. Well, I mean, look, we can still have the onsen episode. It's just not gonna be till like 2024. True. <laughs> Fuck. But uh, speaking of onsen episodes, uh. I, Actually, no, no, please, no, terrible, you terrible. gotta stop with these tangents. They're ne- they never work. They never work. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad segue into uh, so like one of one of the couple questions like because like uh, I I know you you mentioned it like way way back like when we originally were like oh we're you know our origin story episodes and stuff but like why specifically did you want to play in a like post apocalyptic game? What made you pick like the theme that you picked for your game? Because no, like, for me, I just threw the idea of Matt of like, I'm like, oh, magic tool. It's a new thing that came out. Strixhaven last like, you know, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I threw it for my players as one of many campaigns because I gave them a bunch of different campaigns we could run. And Strixhaven was the one they all kind of voted on to run. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have that like, this is the one campaign I specifically wanted to do. So I'm kind of interested in like why you were like, I'm gun ho on this, this post-apocalyptic game, this system that I'm using. Uh, so the, the ugly truth is that for a very long time and kind of still now, like I was just sort of born, burnt out. Yeah. Nice going jackass. Uh, I was pretty burnt out on just generic 5e fantasy. You know, like I, you know, the, the, the sword and board going to slay the dragon to save the princess shit was getting kind of old and it's not bad, but like, it was just every game I played in at the time. Like there wasn't really anything particularly standout-ish about anything I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like Strahd was a pretty good, like sort of change of pace, right? Cause there was like the oh, horror yeah. aspect to it. Uh, it was really grounded for the most part, right? Like we were like trudging through fucking mucky swamps and going to like old gothic villages and shit, and that was super cool. I don't know. Um, I don't want to say Strahd was like low fantasy or low magic, but like you as a player feel like you can't do like you are weak the entire time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No you, amount of like magic, like I could be a you I, know a wizard going up against Strahd, and no matter how high level I get, like, it's Strahd. I, uh, I can't do anything against that. So, uh, yes. Uh, I will, I do want to say that, but then Mystic. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, you were, yeah, you were, like, I don't want to, I don't want to say you were cheating. However. Uh, I was just playing the class. I'm just playing the class. I should not be held accountable for anything that, the, that, that true, Wizards true. put out. It's, it's, it's uh, Sam's fault. It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's Sam's fault. I shouldn't be held accountable for anything. I'm there you completely go. Yeah, innocent. It's not the player's fault. Yeah, yeah. There's Never always the GM wrong, for a Always double it. down. <laughs> I can just bury my head in the sand and yep. keep my opinion firm. Yep, going full ostrich on this one. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I was just getting kind of bored of it all. And uh, about two years before we all met up for Strahd, I had done a post-apocalyptic one-shot. Uh, and this was like roughly around the time that I started playing Fallout 4, because I played it like super fucking late. And I was like re-watching Mad Max Fury Road every day, just because I really liked that movie. And it's like good go-to-sleep shit. Like, I just like, oh, I'm tired and be like, oh, I'm put on Mad Max. You put Max it on and- the background? Like while yeah, you're yeah, no, oh, I, I have this weird thing where I can watch a movie about 40 or 50 times if it's in the background and yeah, I can just like yeah. quote no, the I, entire movie to people. My 
my buddy John, who he's like a brother to me. Yeah, when he used to live with me, I would hear him because he would live uh, sleep in the living room. And I don't have like a door connected to my room. I live in like a I live in my mom's basement, big open down area. So there's no real like cutaway from my room bedroom to the living room. So for two years straight, I would hear him listening to either or watching Futurama as he went to bed or Hercules by Disney. And every time like I would go to sleep during the part where Hercules was talking to his dad for the first time and I'd hear the like by thunder every time. (laughs) And that was like the instant like, all right, Matt, time to go to bed. And anytime I hear that quote, I get a little little more tired. (laughs) Oh my God, I would have (laughs) fucking killed him. And I know that you're like, Isaiah, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? Yes. It is. However, I fucking hate musicals. So, like, if, if it was just like <laughs> fucking Fellowship of the Ring, and you know, it's like, you know, and my axe, uh, I, I could listen to that a million and a half times, right? I could, I could, yeah. I could start but counting. It was Michael Bolton, the, oh, though. Like, hey, come on, but, you can uh, get serenaded to sleep with Michael Bolton. I, no, I just <laughs> no, I don't like musicals. I, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think they're, no, like, I don't I do think they're trash. That, I just don't like them. Like I, I get annoyed. I'm like, no, get yeah. back to the to the like the drama. I don't care about the music. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, like, yeah. If I wanna, I'll listen to the soundtracks to all the musicals on the side. But like when the mm-hmm. movie's playing, I'm like, no, get the shit out of here. Really? So you don't you, you didn't like uh, Greatest Showman or like or have seen Greatest Showman or uh, I have. Oh my god, Ham Hamilton. I've never seen Ham, uh, Hamilton because I really wanted to watch Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, and he's not doing mm, yeah, anymore. I so I guess I'm just going to take the universal L of not watching Hamilton live with Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, yeah, but it's fine. I do really like Sweeney Todd because it just has a really different vibe. I gotta watch that one. Yeah. <sighs> okay, we're doing that one night. That's yeah, we gotta do movie. that. Yeah, I mean, and also like the Disney Plus version. That, that that's how I saw Hamilton. It was fucking great. Like yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, but he's in it. Just watch the Disney Plus version. Like, he, I wanted it to be in, like a magical experience, the same way yeah, that everyone yeah. else had a fucking magical experience when they went I, to fucking see it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So when when Hamilton first came out and everyone was obsessing over it, like I listened to, I forgot the group. If everyone looks up on YouTube, type in like Critical Role Hamilton, uh, a bunch of fans made in the whole uh, Hamilton like basically all the songs but for like the uh chroma conclave arc to critical role i'm crying and i and that's how i got into hamilton because i'm like man all these songs are great but they're about fucking like nerd shit i wonder how the the original songs are and the original songs are fucking so good and i'm like god damn that's so funny I love that. <laughs> I love that so much that you're like, mm, it's something I usually don't give. I mean, I, it, like, I, I'm not even going to continue with this analogy because I'm literally the same way. We're like, yeah. I, I could not give well, a like fuck about something. It's like you find the fan version of something. It's like, yeah, yeah. I can see, I honestly could see someone who's been like, man, I love Dragon Ball Z Abridged. I wonder how the original show is and then go back and watch Dragon Ball Z. I could see people doing that. To I, I, I know, I absolutely know people who have done that. Oh uh, shit! Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, and Man. while I'm, I'm like, uh, I, you know, I, I know that the the TFS guys hate hearing this, but I was like, I, I, I kind of like this version better than actual Dragon Ball. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's like a self awareness well, to it that I really appreciate. Yeah, it's the self awareness. It's the the joke. It's you know, uh, what was it? 
Kai was the one where they cut out like so much time into it and made it like, you know, faster. There's no now instead of like five episodes of Trunks powering up, it's one. Yeah. So yeah, uh, people shit on Kai real hard. I thought Kai was pretty good, but I, don't I know. thought it was good, and I liked the the and, like the the updated like animated intro. I, I like that style more than I like Super, which is real black. Like the uh, like the if you watch the intro to Dragon Ball Z Kai, I like for some reason how the animation. It's like it's clean, but not like Kai clean. Like I don't know, or, or not like Super. Super feels like too clean. Which is weird to say. I kind of want some of that, like, raw, jagged, like the Brawly movie. Yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I feel like the Brawly movie is like, it's a good medium because it was because it was so high detailed because, you know, movie budget uh, that like I, I felt like that was ideal where, it, you know, uh, it had all like the crisp digital art uh, goodness that I usually really like, but it didn't feel low effort. Which is not to say that like super is low effort, you know, like crunch is a bitch. Oh god, no. But it yeah, just no crunch, yeah. Kinda grody when Super first came out. I was like, this ain't it, Chief. This yeah, is, yeah. is not it. At I know all. they went back and cleaned up a bunch of episodes and stuff and I mean now there's a new movie coming out too. Like another one, like Gohan. Gohan's yeah, now the guys, remember Gohan? Remember when he was cool? Guys? Where's yeah. everybody? Damn, I can't believe you do my boy like this. <laughs> I love dude, I love Gohan. I was like I was uh, like, yes, Gohan did it. He beat Cell. He's taking the torch over. Nope, we're going back to Goku. Okay. <laughs> uh, wait, but oh speaking, my God. Speak, speaking of torches. question? <laughs> uh, so, like, you were bored of 5e. You were bored of, like, generic, like, not generic, but, like, normal fantasy, like, dungeon delving, going to fight the dragons. So, and then you were watching, like, you played Fallout. You were watching Mad Max a lot. And then what, from there prompted you to jump into like i'm gonna run a post-apocalyptic game myself uh yeah so i i think i just had i did that thing where i was like i was i, I like to world build when i'm like not doing anything so i was slowly crafting like this setting and i was like well it's kind of stupid to make it and not use it ever you know like i might as well do something with it uh, yeah, yeah. And that's when I, you know, I hit up my old Fire Emblem party and was like, hey, you know, I want to run a game if you guys are down in it. Like I got school, so it's going to be like a year before I can run it, like continuously and not have to take breaks every few weeks. Um, and it also helped me finish my world building and all that. And then we'll be good to go and we'll run weekly just like the good old days. Uh, and that was a big part of it, too. Right. It was just to get that that party back together because uh I just had so much fun with that party and that original Fire Emblem game that I was like, I want to replicate that again. But I know yeah. that uh, LP wasn't going to do it again because he would mm -hmm. like he has expressed many times about just how stressful DMing is to him. It, yeah, it can be, especially so. if you don't take breaks and, you know, DM burn. DM burnout is a big thing. It is a big. Yeah, thing. it's it's rough. I I was actually feeling it pretty hard uh, going into the second big arc of my game. Oh, yeah, excuse me. <clears throat> I felt it really hard going into the second uh, arc of my game, but that's I started watching campaign three for CR and it like sort of reinvigorated me to, to start doing things again. So yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. strong once more. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some yeah, sometimes it's all you need is like a, that little like rejuvenation to like, pay, pay, you know, get you going again. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So it was like a mix of tired of normal fantasy 
I was really into, I still am really into post-apocalypse. Uh, I, you know, and I was, I was, I was very like clear, like I wanted to be a Borderlands-esque comical post-apocalypse of like, why, you know, why is there this city that's just Tron? Like what, what the fuck is up with that? And uh, I didn't mean that, I didn't mean for that to be a CR thing. It, uh, okay. It's like, what, what's with that? Like, why is this a thing? And it's just like, I don't know, post-apocalypse is wacky woohoo, right? Like, why are there, uh, why are there like hyena people running around? And I'm like, oh, I really like gnolls. Gnolls are funny. And there is a like a canine bestial race in this rule set. So uh, why not? Uh, and I just did it. So yeah, yeah. And yeah, speaking like of that too, because I, I know I posted it to you a while ago. By around the time you know this episode comes out, I'm not sure. Uh, Cobalt Press is actually either they're gonna launch or they already have launched. A Kickstarter for some kind of Borderlands 5e book, and I'm I'm very excited for that. Not not really because it's like, ooh, I want to run a post-apocalyptic game, but like just to see what they do. And I'm probably I'll probably buy the book just because you know it's like, yeah, I want to you know I like collecting books, I like reading everything and taking bits and pieces of books and throwing it into my world. So I'll probably probably use something of the book. But yeah, it, no, it definitely I, looks at just thing. I would. I'm. I. I'm not really showing it because I. You know. I'm just. I saw a five E book and I was like, yeah, you know, it's Borderlands. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but no, I'm definitely gonna pick that book up too, just because like, uh, I am starting to run a little dry on creativity when it comes to like creatures, because I have a a bunch of them. Basically, every monster in my game is I take a concept or like art from 5e. Like I'll go through, I'll look at pictures and be like, ooh, I like that. How would that work in a in a magicless setting? And then I'll just sort of like add abilities and build on to things. Uh, but as of late, I'm, I'm just like, I, I need more inspiration to look at, uh, both uh, in a visual aspect, but a mechanical one as well, uh, so that I can yeah. just keep pumping out interesting fights for the players. And I, I really it's... think that this, this uh, setting book is gonna be pretty good for that oh yeah definitely uh i know i know like because it's kind of different and this is gonna kind of this is actually gonna be a good segue into my next question but have you looked at like anything from like older DD edition stuff like dark sun i know dark sun's very much it's source sword and sorcery but like there's a lot of like it's sword and sorcery post-apocalyptic like the world is fucked everything's a desert and the monsters are brutal as shit so I don't know if you looked at like the older edition, just looked at like the art or uh, I think some people online have converted a bunch of shit over into 5e. And then you can take that and use it in your, you know, your game or at least like, I don't know. Uh, no, I, mean, I, I actually haven't. I probably should have. I honestly hadn't even crossed my mind to like look at older editions. Yeah. Um, a part of that could be laziness. I'm going to be real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, to be honest, like there, it's it's like one thing where it's like if you just like look on the dms guild or just google or um the what's the, the matt colville website the adventure that those are like great resources to help people look up like specific like games and settings and stuff um but like i know this is i kind of also want to ask this because like as someone who doesn't play a lot of i you know i get criticized so that you know i don't play a lot of other settings or other uh, other Correct. you know games Correct, and you know, I, I I want to. It's just you know, it's time and effort and a lot of stuff. But 
like, do you think that like playing different game systems have an effect on like a theme campaign or like, you know, like, let's say you want to play more high tech game. It's like, do I play 5e and just kind of like homebrew shit myself? Do I buy the new Spelljammer thing? Or it's like, what if I want to do like a futuristic setting not in space? Can I use the new Spelljammer stuff? Do I go to jump to a different system like Cyberpunk Red and play that and get that like, you know, futuristic fantasy type of game? Like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Because like, again, you know, my my half joke, half answer is, you know, you know, just just cram it all in there. Just cram it in your bag of 5e. It's fine. Yeah, don't I worry mean, about uh, it. You're not going to like this answer, Matt. But uh, <laughs> yes, I think you should absolutely go for a game that's, no. that's tailor made for the setting uh, or the genre. Uh, the yeah. reason, the only real reason why I picked up a 5e hack, or it's like a, honestly, it's more of like a toolkit. I say that a lot, but it really is. It, it yeah. like Hellscapes is sick, but it's a, it's a toolkit. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It honestly was because I wasn't sure how many of my players would read a Newell rulebook. Uh, fair. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, and I, I, I have some players in mind and I'm not going to say who, but you know who you are. <laughs> Uh, I was mm. afraid that, you know, I was going to do all this work and build the setting and make everything, uh, you know, I wanted the, the lore to sort of match the mechanics and do all this stuff. And then the players didn't read it. And then I would have to somehow bring it back to 5e anyway if I wanted to run the game. So I didn't waste all my time doing all the work. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just sort of came from that. And I'm sure that there are actual rule books that would have done the setting or not the setting but maybe the game as a whole better i uh i'm still pretty happy with the way it came out like i, I like that hey. the the mechanics that are given to, that were given to me in the book have sort of influenced uh, a lot of the lore and a lot of the the geography of the map that's it <clears throat> yeah sorry i got something caught my throat i think i am nice. getting sick because now the now the, the nastiness is coming back oh, but no. uh I don't think it's the vid. That's good. <laughs> Again, for the third fucking time. She. Oh my god, it was terrible. I can't. I can't believe. Yeah. You're like not. The, you're like the uh, the only person I've known who's gotten it. Yeah, three times, and it's like, oh, bro. I no, twice. Fuck. Twice. If twice. I catch it again, it'll be fucking three times, and then I'm gonna oh, be right, furious. Right. God. Um, but yeah, I, I like if you want to play a super high tech cyberpunk game for more than just a one shot, then I'm going to be like, yeah, my guy, just just play Cyberpunk Red. Like like the rule book, as far as I'm aware, isn't that long. It's a really good system. You'll have a lot of fun with it. And uh, there is an argument to be made that I should have just done a different rule system anyway and been like, well, you either read beforehand or you learn on the fly or your character just doesn't get to be a good character, uh, mechanically at least. But uh, I, I am I'm very lenient, so I was like, nah, it's fine. Fuck it, we'll yeah. do it. We'll do it this way. I mean, I can understand that too, being because like as a player, it again, like I, I I hate being like I'm I'm in my five E hole and I don't want to come out of it for for you know just like a little percentage that I I will I will step out of the my you know my comfort zone of the five E. But if it's like you're you're a DM and you're like, oh man, I'm bored of five E. I want to try another system. It is definitely one of those things to like just be honest with your players and, and talk about it and be like, hey guys, listen, I do not want to run five E right now. I'm I'm getting tired of the game. Um, I've been looking up Cyberpunk Red. I've been reading the rules. I've been doing all this like research on it. Uh, do you got do you do you guys want to try this and just you know just bring it to them and see what happens because. 
most likely, yeah, you'll have some players who will be like, no, like, you know, you'll have the map people will be like, no, it's not d and I don't like it. But maybe, maybe you'll have some, some of your players, like uh, my buddy Chris, who he, he was the Pathfinder guy. And he still actually plays and runs a Pathfinder game on top of being a player in my 5e game. So mm. he, you know, I figured like he probably would be like really good. Like oh, I can learn another system. Some of my other players probably like they want to try other systems. I know uh, Joe, the guy that got me into D&D, he's been on and off wanting to try out Starfinder because he wants to, you know, he wants to play D&D in space, like fantasy in space. But because it's Starfinder and Pathfinder, it could be a bit complicated. Mm. So maybe when Spelljammer comes out soonish, TM, maybe that might be a good like, oh, look, it's, you know, what I wanted for him. But yeah, I yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 so, you know, the caveat here, right, is that if, uh, if, you know, Wizards does something like Spelljammer where it's like, do you want space fantasy? Or hell, do you want like full sci-fi? That's where I would be like, well, okay, if you're using if you're using the the custom spelljammer rules, which are sort of they change it, that'll push you in the right direction, and then you can sort of go off from there. But uh, you know, to completely redo a system to fit your needs, for like ground up kind of shit, I you're doing so much work that you could have just read a new rule book and still had time to spare. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it really yeah. is like the 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 cost efficiency. Because mm -hmm. if you're like, okay, hold on, it's gonna take me like three months to read, to like make sure I understand the rules, like to the full extent, and then I'm gonna have to go through, and then I'll change, I have to see what I'm gonna have to change, then I'm gonna have to reread the rules to make sure the changes make sense and they don't conflict with anything. I'm gonna have to go in and make second round revisions and go back and forth and back. That could take months. That could take for fucking ever. Um, but it's like, okay, this is a 200 page book. A lot of these are tables, so I'm probably only really going to be reading like 75 pages. I can crank out five pages a day. You know, that's what is that? That's 15 days total. Yeah. And, and, then and the new Spelljammer books are like 64 pages and three books. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty short um, or small. Yeah. So I like it. It really is your cost efficiency. Like. And also just, you know, like you have to be aware that 5e can do a lot, but it starts to fall apart when you start implementing different aspects of rule sets that conflict with each other, right? If I wanted to do the the, hit, the the Midgard Hero's Handbook, which has its own weapon system, and then I wanted to add in the, I think Matt Coville has his own like weapon system thing, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so if I want to implement that, like the, the rules that regard around that, Okay, mm. well, now these two systems are conflicting with each other because one says yeah. you need to do X, Y, and Z. Like, one is is going really hard into the, like, the tags aspect, and the other one's going really hard into the features aspect. And now you have to try to strike a delicate balance to be like, well, okay, well, I want these things to do these, but these don't have the right tags, so technically this won't come into play unless I do it. And then you start running into the problem where it's like, well, I have 15 different buttons to press and all I have is one longsword in my inventory. What the fuck happened? You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus, yeah. That's where you run into that big problem. And I'm, I'm kind of mm. running into it now with my game because I do oh, have shit. a few different weapon things going on. But mm. like, the players don't really, like, most of them are not super big on like 
optimizing mechanics. Like a lot of them are there for just, you know, for the role play and the occasional like fun fight or two. But someone yeah. like uh, someone like Cardell, who gets really into the mechanics or like, you know, Josh or Sam, if they were to do it, they'd get really into the mechanics. And it might be more of a problem then, but they're, uh, I don't want to say competent, uh, proficient enough because they're also GMs to where we could be like, okay, so we're going to hash it out this way. When this instance, we rely on this rule set and this instance, we rely on this rule set. And then you make a little note sheet that like, uh, uh, that sort of summarizes all that. So they can be like, okay, hold on. Let me just see how I do this. Yeah, so, and you so no it. one gets too lost or exactly. you know, mixes things up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Right, that's a good system. Yeah. Um, and I know we kind of kind of touched on it a little bit with like different game system because like I know uh, do you think like because I know with like systems change the themes do you think like setting also changes the theme like if you're playing in like generic fantasy land are we going to be playing in like like epic heroic campaigns and high action fantasy or what if we're playing in like something like Strahd where it's like you know gothic horror low magic type of fantasy like do you think that changes like the theme of the game and like what everyone is going to do and tone stuff yeah yeah that well that's that's getting to like subgenre stuff right because there's like hmm. there's fantasy okay it's like okay are we doing high fantasy standard fantasy low fantasy grindcore stuff like that right where it's like are we going to be doing uh uh were the the yeah, Warhammer Fantasy TTRPG where like yeah. half of us are literally shit farmers and everything <laughs> can kill us in two hits mm. uh, or are we doing Ravnica both of those would fall under fantasy yeah uh, yeah because I, I have like the whole like in the Dungeon Masters guide the uh, page 38 the whole like flavors of different fantasy and it's like you know they have heroic fantasy sword and sorcery epic fantasy mythic fantasy dark fantasy so it has like all these other things and you get down here, it's like intrigue, mystery, swashbuckling, war. Uh, and and it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like all these different flavors of fantasy ideas. And it's like, like, all right, is your game going to be more like this? Is it going to be more like that? Or are you doing the, uh, you know, it's the hot pot. Like, we're just going to throw everything in here, a little bit of everything. And, you know, uh, this, this is our game now. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I, for the record, I'm totally down with everything in the kitchen sink, like straight nice. up. Like, Same. for God's sakes, my game literally has that where, like, you have Fallout style super mutants, but you also have, like, borderline mecha armor suits. And then you have just the grid from Tron with light cycles and everything that's all legally yeah. distinct. <laughs> but then you have, like, standard post apocalypse stuff. But there's also, like, a, uh, uh, like a cosmic fantasy in there because there's, like, the whole thing with this place called the Rift. Uh, or it's not a place, it's like a thing called the Rift, where like the like the idea is that there are two dimensions uh, sort of overlapping each other in my setting. So places where those yeah. overlaps are pretty thin, uh, you have these weird effects going on and they're called Rift Storms, where basically like a black hole will open up in an area and it causes like this crazy uh, like storm that's indicative because it's got this weird uh like red purple hazy look to it uh and like mm. you just feel off when you're even remotely near them mm. like it could be that like gravity just gets kind of heavier in the area or lighter or mm. it's harder to breathe or it just gets like like you could be in the middle of the desert and it's just a blizzard kicks up but the blizzard's like red and purple and crazy shit happens 
And is it actually snow blizzard or is it like sand blizzard or sandstorm or something? No, it'll be full. It'll be hailing in the middle of the oh, desert. Oh, shit. And the hail will be cold. Like, the, <laughs> I literally have it in my game. So, like, if the players drive 50 miles down a road and they look at the side of the road, it'll go from, like, cityscape to swamp to evergreen forest to volcano to blizzard to desert. Just, like weird shit just happens and it doesn't always stay that way so a lot of the maps are really inconsistent because it's it, mm. because it's like oh well yeah don't oh. go through there that's where it rains fire and then it's just like beautiful grasslands and rainbows mm. and shit and you're like well that's not what the fucking map said what the fuck is this you know you know what you, you know what because uh, last week we talked about the whole like you know how you and josh don't have a map yet and i kind of i finally i think i got it because when we played avernus the Avernus map was exactly like that. It's like you have a picture of the map, but not everything is exactly in the location. The times are all wonky and it's like you're just kind of doing that without a map. So that way it's like the landscape can change constantly and it doesn't really matter because it's like, yeah, it's post-apocalyptic. It's all fucked up. The whole world is messed up. Different, you know, there's going to be blizzarding over here one one minute and the next minute it's going to be hail, you know, fucking uh, swamp next minute. Yeah, yeah. And like the 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 permanent biomes like there's something called it's called the broodmeadow swamps and it's uh like southeast of sacramento like that whole chunk of of city has just been reclaimed and it's just this mucky swampy nastiness and the when i say like the borders are quick i mean it's like a a straight line desert swamp and like the the borders will push forward and backwards about a mile or so on any given day so it does kind of make it annoying. Uh, and I, like why, like, I, you know, I didn't really think that aspect of the lore all the way through until it happened. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. shit. I was uh, like, yeah, oh, we're, we're, we're here now. Yeah, it is It is definitely a, a, a very large part as to why I don't have a map because it's like, oh, you want to choose a map of California? I'm like, well, because my California doesn't look anything like normal California, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's like a massive volcano outside of Yellowstone yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned that last and time. And just like, I like, the amount of work I would have to do. Yeah. I'd rather just pay someone to do it. Just give them like some notes yeah. and have some people collab with there's, me and then they would do there's it. There's a ton of good cartographers out there. Then I'd have to pay them. Yeah, but you know, you a get a nice map and like a nice art piece. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I love commissions. It's just like, do I have $600 to spend on a map that, uh, yeah. for a game that could be ending <laughs> in the next year? Like, Jeez. I don't know about all that, Chief. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, yeah. Because I also, because that had me thinking of like, specifically with like some of the setting books, like at least again, for, you know, for 5e, and then we can go on like other systems. Because like you guys also, you guys played in like the, the Star Wars game. So it's like literally like not only the game mechanic, but the setting is like, yeah, we're in space and everything, but this is a whole new game. Whereas with like 5e, you know, something like Ravnica, which is like, you know, urban environment, high fantasy, magical creatures are walking about all over the place and it's normal as shit. This is the norm. And it's like, okay, that's weird. Mm -hmm. And then you get something like Ebron, which is like Magitech kind of like high fantasy. You know, it's like the, they got some swashbuckling in there. They got some noir intrigue. Uh, it's very like pulpy action. And I think like that, you know, with like, because I, I, one of the campaigns I wanted to run was was an Ebron game. And for me, right around the time it was like Arcane came out and I'm like, oh, well, I could just do this. 
Genius. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. slap some arcane in, in Eberron and there you go. Just lower the, the, the tech like a, a smidge or two. Yo, I'm going to go. be straight Unreal Engine 5 at you. Oh, shit. I looked at Ravnica for like two seconds and was like, nah, I'm not interested. And everyone's like, but really? isn't that like your, your shit like Magitek City? And I'm like, yeah, but like, eh. Like, I don't know what it is about Ravnica. Like, I love the idea of, of like Piltover and Arcane. But mm. I think Ravnica hit me with just like such a massive wall of text at the beginning that I was like, nah, nope. It's it's a lot because the whole like the city, because uh, just because I'm learning this now, uh, Magic the Gathering, each world, quote unquote, is called a plane. Yeah. And so the whole plane is the fucking city. And the city is like five fucking layers deep. And there's like a multitude of fucking people and different societies living in each layer. And each sector of the city has its own like thing going on there. So it is a lot. It does hit you with a lot. Um, which is why it's kind of like I, I, I'd keep jumping back because like I think the Ravnica book is really cool to like just as DMs inspiration just to kind of look through and read and you know like I would love to like if I ever got the chance to like run Waterdeep Dragon Heist I'd like to take some of the Eberron shit or not Eberron um, Ravnica stuff and throw it into Waterdeep just because but when I like go back to like some of the 5e books and some of the setting books, I, f I still feel like Ra uh, Eberron is like the best one just because everything is so the information that you're given is so concise. Everything that's in the book is all you really need to start an Eberron game and then you can just jump from there. But also it's it's very easy to digest for both DMs and players. And you can take any of it and rip it and throw it into your own homebrew, uh, you know, kind of world. Does, uh, does Ravnica come with maps? Ravnica does come with maps. I think all the setting books do come with maps. Uh, Ravnica comes with maps of like the city, all the different like layers, certain areas and buildings specifically as well. Uh, Eberron does the same thing, it has the whole world map. It has a bunch of different lo locations. Both Eberron and Ravnica have the level one adventure into it too. Because it's so easy to onboard players into that city or setting. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I definitely think like, you know, like if you're playing an Eberron game, there is that sense of like, oh, so the theme, what's the theme? It's like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there is technology here. It's like, this is like, you know, this is high magic technology. And it's like, our, I, f I forgot there was a word I found. Uh, it was like called like Arcana Wave or something. I think I prom could be wrong. When it's like defining like a genre that like Eberron could be a part of as well. And it's like yeah, when like fantasy, high high ass fantasy, and the low low science fiction kind of like blend together into like this weird Magitech society and stuff. I, what, Not would, wouldn't that just be called Magitech? Like what the fuck? Well yeah, that's that's what I thought too, Magitech. But I guess there's other words for it as well. Weird. But anywho, uh, yeah. someone if someone's like, oh yeah, it's Arcana Weave, I'm like, get the fuck out. It's magic tech. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. But, someone could be like, well, actually, there is a difference. I, I don't care. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. No, there isn't. Eat my ass. Uh, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think definitely like settings do help like define a theme because if it's like, yeah, you're gonna do the Ebron stuff or it's like aura, kind of doing your own thing where it's like, oh, if I want to do a post-apocalyptic game, but I want to do 5e they have like you know going way way back and and you know they have the dark sun which dark sun is is post-apocalyptic kind of 
high uh, sword and sorcery. You know, the world is fucked up. It's all a desert. It's literally Mad Max, but without the technology. So you could just easily like onboard that stuff to that system or that uh, that setting. And there you go. Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think. And, and also like with each setting, it could also, you know, and J- Josh is going to love this one. They each add their own kind of rules and restrictions for to help kind of like, you know, motivate the players towards the theme of the game. So if it's like, all right, guys, we're playing in Dark Sun. It's, you know, you know, every everything sucks here. Um, there's like weird, like there's like insect uh, races. There's the, the half dwarf, half human race people. Uh, I think actually Goliaths were from Dark Sun originally. I could be I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. You know, you, you say uh, for me, I don't know why I always think this, but someone's like half dwarf, half human. And my brain's always like, isn't that just a halfling? I'm like, no, that's not technically true. <laughs> I'm just like, All right, no. Yeah, it's I, I love the, they're called the mole uh, M-U-L. And it's so they don't look anything. They're like, imagine basically like giant people bald. They can't grow hair for some reason and they have pointy elf ears. And they look kind of like like Goliaths, almost like a precursor to Goliaths. And I guess now with like the newer lore for dwarves, that's like if a dwarf and a human have a kid together, it's going to be a dwarf no matter what, because the dwarf gene is so strong and so powerful. That's why, like in the player's handbook, there's no half dwarf. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. What's your opinion on that, of people being like, you can't have a half dwarf. You can't have a, a a half, you know, half orc, half elf. It's just like, I, I've never heard anybody banning that. Like, if it's like a setting thing, like, I'll, I'll be kind of like with like Josh was like, no dragonborns in my setting. I'll be slightly annoyed, but I'm like, yeah, you know, it's fine. I can pick. There's a there's a million different like races out there. Not so, even. It's not even that. People just being like, no, this like this shouldn't be a thing. And you're like, what the fuck? But like half elves, half. I don't know. I like. I feel like what 5e should have done with like half elf, half orc, kind of like uh, what Pathfinder 2e did, where it's like you have the human and then you have the sub kind of like how I I think 5e, honestly, they're getting rid of this. If you look at the the Morgan Caden Presents book, Mm -hmm. but you have human and then you have this. You can do like sub races of human. You have like normal human, half elf, half orc. I don't know if you want to do half dwarf, you can do half dwarf, you know, and there you go. And you jump off from there. And it's kind of like how, like, you know, there's Azamar and then there's like, uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking the scourge and scourge protector and protector. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of do it like that instead of it being like, you know, there's humans and humans are their own thing. And then half elves and half elves are their own thing and half orcs and half orcs. You can do that. I. I, I don't know. I'm kind of good with either or, honestly, if they were separated or not. Uh, like, I, I, I think they're fine the way they are now. But like, if someone's like, no, half orc shouldn't exist. Uh, half elves shouldn't exist. It's dumb. And it's like, why? Like, what? Yeah, like there, there are some where I'm like, admittedly, double standard more OK with like a half dragonborn. But that's because like dragonborns are literally space aliens in forgotten yeah. realms yeah that's it, the it, weirdest thing <laughs> yeah i wish people would bring that up more that they're literally fucking alien like they came from another dimension like right that's really cool 
And I think that's more interesting than being like, yes, well, these people came from the dragons and they've always been here. It, it, like, it's just cooler that these like 150 years ago, these dragon people showed up and they were like, so. And everyone's yep. like, are we? It, uh, we you, like this plane. We're going to take it. Are you <laughs> dragon? Like, wait. He's like, yeah. <laughs> God. Are you gonna try to kill us? Like, are you gonna work with the dragons? And the dragon was like, "No, oh we hate dragons." And you're like, "Oh what? my god, I don't know why this just unlocked what? like a, a memory." So last week when we had the whole like, what's a like random tidbit fact of your setting? I completely, I don't know why you're you're talking about dragonborns unlocked in uh, in in the third uh, three year campaign. I had a specific area that like you know dragon. It was my like version of uh, Arabian Nights, basically like you know desert sword and sorcery like area. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly ruled by Dragonborn, who would make all the buildings out of dragon glass by like breathing fire onto the sand and making these giant fucking magical like firewalls. That's pretty sick, actually. And, <laughs> yeah, and and I got that from I think Matt Colville had a whole video, and I literally named it the same thing too. But in my setting, what I did was I specifically was like, if you're a Dragonborn player and you're born specifically in this area. You nor you will automatically like most dragonborn in that city are born sorcerers. So literally most of the dragonborn there either are like a level one sorcerer and then or they continue and become sorcerers or they go on and become paladins, or whatever. But most of them are like some sort of sorcerers. And I don't think any of my players, you know, they didn't really care about like playing a dragonborn. But if anyone asked to, I probably would have been like, all right, so we're I'm going to as a freebie either you are a level one sorcerer thing or I'm going to give you like, I think it's the one from Eberron, the aberrant uh, dragon mark feat that gives you like a free sorcerer spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So I would have just given them that feat or let them pick magic initiate and homebrewed in just been like, all right, you, you can pick some sorcerer things. I know it says you can't, but just do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a similar, uh, kind of a similar thing going on in my game where like, uh, my setting there are different like settlements that you can come from so like there's there's three big ones uh, and those are called citadels and then there are smaller ones called guilds and those are like you know normal size settlements mm -hmm. uh, the difference is like uh, uh, a, a guild could be like Diamond City from Fallout 4 versus a citadel which is like Manhattan you know like obviously yeah. it's not the size of Manhattan <laughs> but it like it could just be like the whole lower east side of Brooklyn that's a citadel mm. yeah um and I had one play two players come from like a specific guild except they oh, okay well sorry the 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 story conceit is that you guys all work for a guild it doesn't matter if you came from there or you were born there or you just showed up one day and were like let me work for you but you're all working for like this guild just because it's a it's a good way of like focusing the group to do specific things. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. nobody was like, oh, I want to come from the citadels, which like you know it, it could have given them some pretty good like pretty cool boons, but also maybe some setbacks. Like you know they're trying to go to to one of them, which is like a, a ship city. It's just like dozens of boats tethered and together with chains and like bridges and shit. And you know big thing is, is that no one's allowed to leave the city unless you get exiled and if you get exiled you can't come back so the fact huh. that now they're, they're doing a whole arc <laughs> that's going to take place on that city if they had been someone who came from there they would have had a, like a lot of like they would have started off with a lot of money 
mm-hmm. uh, that they could have used. They could have had like nicer gear, but yeah, yeah. a big caveat is you're not allowed, if you're an exile, you're not allowed back on. So that would change the uh, way that the story would have to be. How would they yeah. get that permission, even though they're not supposed to be allowed back on? Or uh, they'd be like trying to sneak the player back into the city undercover or something. So yeah, no one that, like stuff. that, or like try to change the way they look. Uh, be like, you know, maybe if they went to, to Nexus, which is like the, the Tron city, and they got like cyberpunk level prosthetics, like like just a full changed face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or they just, you know, they, they, they joined one of the guilds where everybody wears a mask mm-hmm. and you like change your name and you basically just, you lose your entire original identity and they could be like, sorry, it's part of my, re-. like, it's like, like the Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Like web, like the, the, the helmet's kind of part of the religion. Mm-hmm. And I go like, what's your ID? And he's like, this is it. Like, you're looking yeah, at this it. Is and it. Like, well, you're going to take that My off. Face. And they're like, nope, I don't. I don't got to take <laughs> off shit. Um, it's like the Kakashi thing. It's like, I've never seen him eat. <laughs> yeah. When does much. he eat? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they, they could have been some interesting stuff there. But uh, they didn't do that. And like, you know, I, I understand why. Right. Because it's like it's a post apocalypse. You want to come from the wastes, you know. Uh, but, you know, the option was there. So it's a mood. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of moods, yeah. I was gonna say really <laughs> so, so bad. Right yeah. Uh, so one thing I've I've always like because I've thought about like running one shots like this or like doing the, one of these like restricted games, but like, have you ever wanted to play like a character specific themed game like only dwarves or only rogues or you know? Uh, I did actually. The, that original yeah. post-apocalypse one-shot was, you know, I didn't have a special rule set for it, so it was literally just five E, and we reflavored all the magic to be not magic. So nice. I literally was like, you know, uh, you guys can play any humanoid race. So like, you know, no Arakokra, no Kenku, no lizard people, none of that shit. Like, you can play human, elf, halfling, gnome. Goliath orc but for all intents and purposes you are human you will look human uh yeah yeah uh, originally it was just everyone has to play a human and there mm-hmm. was a they were like at first everyone was like okay that's fine and then I slowly started to get more and more and more pushback on it until wow. I made like that caveat of rule which you know it worked just as well it didn't really matter yeah. at the end as long as like as long as you guys don't have as long as you're not green, have massive pointy ears or tusks, we're Gucci. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, actually, I, mean, I, I have done it. It, it does work. Yeah, um, I mean, and now I'm remembering the the one shots I ran for you guys, the, the goblin one, and then everyone's goblins or everyone is kobolds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, work. No, they, I, mean, they I, I feel like everyone being the same class, I probably wouldn't enjoy that much. Yeah. Because, um, like, it, it really depends on which class you're playing. Where it's like, you know, uh, something like um, Druid, right? Which is like super affected by your subclass. That's a little bit easier because, if, you know, I, I have said it before. I fucking hate Wild Shape. I think it's a, I, I don't think it's a dumb uh, mechanic, but I don't like it. I don't really care about the idea of, of Druids turning into animals. So if we were going to do an all druid party, it's like, oh, I'll just play a wildfire druid. I don't have to turn into anything if I don't want to. Right. But I and I still have a use for my wild shape. Yeah. I mean, and then there's the moon one where like higher levels, they turn to elementals, which is that nuts. one is cool. I do really like the, the elemental aspect of it because I really like, el- yeah. like elementals are my favorite monster type. 
I think that's um, like level 10. Something like that, yeah. It, it's something like that yeah. where I wouldn't play it for a short campaign, that's for fucking yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And then they did, I forgot what the other one, the circle of the land is the one where literally it's like, you pick between these, you know, 10 different biomes and each one gives you a whole different spell. So it's like, even with the player's handbook, you can like have a whole party of just druids and they can all be like different. Mm -hmm. Not very much, but like they like, I'm from the winter biome or I'm from the underdark biome. Like, you know, have different spells and different flavors and stuff. I think, it, I don't know, I think, I think it'd be neat. I know I've wanted to run like, I think I, 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 a long time ago, I tried running the one shot and just due to the circumstances, it never ended up going anywhere. I wanted to run an all kobold, all warlock one shot. That's pretty funny. We're like, <laughs> we're like I'm, I told the players, I'm like, all right, everyone can play like, you know, you know, whatever type of warlock. Yeah, like it's fine. I'm we're just going to reflavor everything as you're all like you work for Tiamat. And that's the joke. Or like you're all evil. And it was an evil. That was the other thing. It was an all evil, all cobalt, all warlock one shot where the, the, the whole joke is like, all right, you have to go into this church of Bahamut and either steal something or there's a guy in there that I want you to prank who's a higher up of the Church of Bahamut. <laughs> nice. And I think the day of everyone got sick or something and we never we never ended up going back and running it. And I was like, fuck. Oh, that sucks. It would have <laughs> been so funny because I even think I had a player who's like, all right, Matt, I'm very confused. How do I reflavor an Archmage with Tiamat? I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, that's, so ooh, a lot that's of those. <laughs> yeah, but I think it'd be cool. I I definitely would love to play or run. I don't know if running like a maybe a mini campaign, like an evil campaign, because like in Icewind Dale, I played a kind again. I kind of played an evil character. Fucking turned out more. More Doctor Evil than and mustache, you know, twirling villain than like an actual bad guy. But like, I I, was, I don't know. I think because I think like an evil like mini campaign would be cool, like a cool idea. But it's like, you know, it's one of those things where you have to sit down and talk to your players and be like, all right, guys, here are the limits. We're not doing these things. You're evil, but you're not monsters. You know, it's like, come on, it's a game. Jeez. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like murder is fun. But God, it's don't kick the dog. What's wrong with you? Yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think I'm one of the I think I'm the only person in our in our usual group who's played an evil character. And I feel like, oh, God, I'm yawning again. No. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I could have played pause maybe a little eviler. Like like a normal, like a little more like typically evil, and that would have been fine. But I feel like I struck a pretty good medium between Paz being like clearly evil and doing evil things, and like not screwing the party over, but absolutely acting in his own tr interest most of the time. Yeah, because you uh, kind of play like I felt like you were definitely on the borderline of like you. Yeah, it's like we all kind of got that you were evil, but. You were also trying to like, you weren't, you know, you didn't want to play all the cards. You were trying to hold a lot of stuff close to the vest. And it's like, okay, you know, so it's like, are we sure we can trust them? It's like, we think so, but we also kind of suspect he's evil. We're not sure. Yeah, you don't have to suspect because he literally like twice was like, yes, I'm fucking evil. And everyone's like, yeah, we know. Um, but yeah, like the bigger thing is, is like, if you're going to play an evil party, like don't, don't fuck the party over. 
like, I'm sorry, if you're gonna play an evil character, no. don't fuck the party over. Right. Just don't do it. Right. If There's, you think uh, like this will be really interesting and it's like uh, like uh uh like uh, you know obviously if everyone agrees to like a uh, I remember a long time ago Matt Matt Coville played in a game where it was like yeah we were just stealing from each other and killing each other in our sleep if you agree to that fine yeah. but if it's like we're just doing kind of evil everyone's kind of a, like a bastard don't mm-hmm. like slit a party member's throat in the middle of the no. night yeah there's um, like there's a rule where you know it's like metagaming is bad however there's the somewhat metagaming of hey guys we know this is the game let's not try and ruin each other's fun or try and fuck over another player or like you it's know it's the metagaming like, legal limit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um, yeah Cause, no i yeah because in that video it was like i think he specifically was like a bunch of the bad uh, pl- uh party members like were dying and because he's playing an evil character he's like guys remember we we're, we're evil i'm selfish I'm just gonna let you die, and I'm out of here. And he just fucking left the party. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's like on the one hand, it's like the metagame like above thing. It's like oh wait, you're supposed to help with friends, but it's like no, nah, you're you guys are evil. You would leave each other to die. You know it's you know it's, that's okay. I think. Yeah, okay. yeah it, it, like if they're all cool with it, absolutely leave your friends to die. But uh, like, apart when when everybody died in Avernus, uh, the first uh, you know the only time, I really had to do some like mental mathematics to be like would Paz yeah. just leave them to die yeah i remember yeah like I probably re- but then i was like well pause like hates them but he also realizes that he'd have to find more losers to deal with and he knows what these losers can do and the church already owes us a favor and so he was like, okay, fine, mm-hmm. I'll bring them back to life and then I'll just stand behind them the entire time and make yeah, them basically. make shields of payment. And if they die yeah. again, then I'm fucking, I'm done. Like, if, if oh, you yeah. die twice, that's fate. That's not, that's not on me. Go fuck yourself. Plus, plus he, he could have, like, mental gymnastics the, uh, if I go back to the, uh, the Flaming Fist General and tell them, hey, I, f- I found the cultist lair, but I can't really do anything about it because the other guys you sent me with died. He probably would have been just like, all right, we're going to just kill you and send four new adventures down there. And it's like, wait, no. <laughs> yeah, that or just send him in alone and be like, well, we'll see how far you get, loser. And you're like, fuck yeah, me. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, God, that's I definitely part of that. it as well. Oh, man. Yeah, that was, oh my God, level two. What if I just fireballed myself? And it's like, how about you oh my don't, God, bad that NPC? Fucking, that wizard bitch <laughs> made me so mad. <laughs> That was great. Like, like I, I was like, I, I like that dungeon too. Like going back and reading through it. But like, yeah, no. It's like there shouldn't have been like you guys are level two. This is not a dungeon for level two fucking characters. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, see, that one made me mad particularly because like the argument that that I've seen people make is, oh, well, it's fine if she has fireball. If she does, like, she only has like twenty HP. If she doesn't go first, she doesn't win. Um. But it's really easy for like players to walk in her fireball, then roll initiative. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. You, she knows you're coming. She's not going to wait yeah. for initiative. She's going to blast you with 86 and kill most of you outright and then roll initiative. And when there's two of you left, then she'll fireball you for the W. Uh, yeah, because like in some of the newer adventures, like I'll, I'll just say in Strixhaven, so, and I, I've, I've ignored this a couple of times already. Certain encounters, they specifically say, like, here's the normal monster. However, we're adjust these three like bullet points on the stat block so it better fits the encounter level. 
And I'm surprised with like that encounter where it's like you enter the room, here's the spellcaster. However, they don't have the fucking third level spells against your second level party. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, like it, it's so fucking weird. Oh, oh, I just like picked up a piece of paper and moved it across the mic and it definitely heard the crackle crackle. I'm so sorry, Brett. Oh, yeah, ASMR oh, paper for so crackling. Mm, yeah, mm, I just, I don't Brett, know. How do you like that? Mm, uh, I hate it. Although I the feel like Strixhaven is a weird opposite where, you know, we've talked about a lot of the Strixhaven encounters and they just feel like comically easy. Yeah, they do. They, like, they do going through a lot of the book and, and like one of the, I, I literally talked to you guys about it and told one of my players and this is slight spoilers for Strixhaven. The first like combat encounter of the book is supposed to be designed. I, I ended up changing it is you're in the big school library and you you find a mimic and it's like, wow, mimic at level one. Okay. It's like, that's pretty challenging. Right. And it's like, okay, in the book, not only do they, they, they basically tell you, they, they have the mimic randomly attack a rando in the library and specifically quote unquote, the book says you can't let a monster ruin your first day of Strixhaven, right? It's time to step up and they just expect your party to deal with it when they have absolutely no fucking reason to go fight a mimic at level one. Oh yeah that's that's kind of like yeah if if so the the players aren't there at the time when shit pops off shit pops off and then the, they're like let's go to the library and fuck up that mimic like yeah what? no they're literally like they're in the library they hear scream because there's a bunch of bookshelves near them and then the mimic just pops out and it's like, oh, well, I guess oh, someone's got to save the day. It's got to be you guys. And it's like, no. Oh, so uh, I ended up changing that entire fucking encounter to being like the players have to find a book. Oh, no. One of the bookshelves they're searching for books on happens to be a mimic. And it spawned a bunch of like uh, I think I, I used like a bunch of like little baby mimic stat blocks for the books. Mm hmm. And had a couple of books with them and and that ended up being a lot like better encounter and and it involved the party which was the fucking point unlike their normal adventure yeah i i so i i feel like what i would have done in that situation was i would keep the, the basic premise the same where the players don't have to um like they don't like you know because there's no you're right there's no real incentive other than we're the heroes let's be heroes but if the player like make it so that after two or so minutes and like a few classmates dying potentially or I'm mean, not dying right you know what like people wouldn't be going to fucking school if it's that much of a health risk that mimics can just pop up in the library but like after like two or three wizards go down or casters go down you have the teachers come in and deal with it and if they, they, they deal do. with it then uh you know, if the, if the teachers deal with it, then the players get nothing, right? They sort of get chewed out like you didn't do anything to help. You didn't try to drag people to safety. Like you just watched this go down. Yeah. Uh, and I if they do help and mm -hmm. they can't kill it in time, then the teachers show up and it's like, oh, you guys helped. Congratulations. And they get nothing, right? But they don't get chewed out. And yeah. if they do it on their own, then, you know, the teacher's like, wow, you guys did great. Here's like some extra credit, 20 points to Gryffindor, that kind of shit, right? Yeah, I think what I what I ended up doing is one of the players actually used this full action to like call over a specific teacher and the teacher came in, did a fuck ton of damage to the mimic and then one of the players, you know, got the kill. 
Mm. And, you know, they got a reward. The teacher's like, oh, good show, you know, good action. And and gave everybody, a, you know, they even put this in the book, too. They gave him a platinum piece to which all my players were like, ah, the professor is bribing us so we don't talk about the mimic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, no, you fucks. It's a reward for being heroes. God, oh my God. damn it. <laughs> So now they just like, and now I, I also made the running joke of like, yeah, mimics show up in the library every year. It's a problem. It happens. And they're like, what? <laughs> and I'm doing like kind of the Harry Potter thing of like, it's a magic school, but it's also dangerous. You know, randomly monsters just show up and stuff. It's fine. It happens. I, I absolutely I. would have been a dickhead and made it uh, <laughs> been like, there's an anti magic field when it comes to fire damage in the library have fun and they're just like they, that's, that's i think they skills. have something <laughs> like that or if it's it's like um I, I've, I've i'm probably paraphrasing but it's like if you know fire is ignited in the library like alarm bells start ringing and magically a small portal opens up next to it and a, like basically a fire extinguisher blasts the flame and whatever is in that like you know five foot radius takes like 1d10 cold damage i think that's great yeah, so it's like they, <laughs> oh. I love the idea yeah, of like no. the wildfire druid going to the library and just immediately oh getting hosed. Just like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Blasted. every gen- genasi that goes in there. Actually, now that I think about it, the book, there's a lot of genasi in that book. How do they go to the library? Hmm. That's mm-hmm. really funny. To, yeah, aren't yeah, no, fire hair <laughs> just on? Isn't aren't there? Yeah. Isn't their hair just on fire naturally? Fire genasi, yeah, they just fire, yeah. That would, that would pose a lot it? of questions. Hold on, I'm actually, yeah. I am actually, I do. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> fucking speak. I do actually want to look that up. Uh, uh, fire. Genasi. It's just gonna be like the Hades thing from Hercules. Going back to Hercules, just like, whoa, is my hair out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. They have fiery red hair that wreathes yeah. that rides under emotion. Uh. While more exotic specimens sport actual flames dancing on their heads. Yeah. Yeah, so you so can. Sometimes yeah. your head is just on fucking fire. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Oops. How do you go? How do you lay down? How do you sleep? You well, know, it's a good thing none of my players are Genasi, so I don't have, I don't have to think about this too hard. Do you just have to, like, wear a lead-lined cap to bed? <laughs> do all Genasi have to, like, live in fear of fucking getting cancer from wearing lead constantly? Oh, they just... No, they have... They all, like, they have to put on, like, a little, like, glass bulb to, like, put the flame out before they go to bed every night. Oh, like, a candle. What if they're, like, Charmander? <laughs> what if they, yeah. they go, they're going out, they just fucking die? Oh, no. L's. <laughs> no. Big L's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, my god, that's so funny. That's I do great. like I do like some of the art where like the Genasi have normal hair and the ends are like kind of fiery and wispy. That's pretty sick. Yeah. But I, I like see that. other ones where it's like, my head is just fire. Like, fire. Hey, like a la the human torch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I like that. I, I kind of like both. <laughs> like, no, like the both are valid. It just makes me laugh because one is like you just can't you can't walk inside low like you can't walk through low uh, uh, door frames. You can't be at bars. You definitely can't go to libraries, which means you probably well, couldn't like, go to school. <laughs> yeah, well, what if it's like illusionary fire where like it is fire, but like if you put your hand through it, it doesn't burn or anything. It's I, like, 
if if Weird that's like what that. <laughs> if that's what their D and D wiki dot shit said uh, shit said, then I'd be like, yeah, I agree with you. But the exact words are <laughs> actual flames, not illusory oh. flames, not heatless flames, actual flames. Your mm-hmm. head is literally on fucking fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll take my quote from earlier. It's a good thing none of my players are playing Genasi. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It, like, be, I feel like oh. being being an Earth like, being any Genasi besides an Air Genasi probably sucks. Like, yeah. or probably at least it probably sucks being on the on the material plane. Well, because water Genasi are literally constantly wet. It just yeah. it said what does it say? Um. Yeah, with beads of moisture collecting on their skin and hair, so you're just constantly damp. So anyone sharing a bed with you get fucked. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. g- going to libraries probably not gonna what happen. About, like Earth, well, I guess Earth Genasi are they like actually like their skins are like the thing from Marvel where it's like they're actual rock people, or is it like no? But they they literally have dust constantly like falling off of them, and they have mm-hmm. mud clinging to their clothes. Huh. Uh, Although maybe the the the, the Ashton style gemstone ones probably don't have it that bad. Probably yeah. Uh, yeah, if you have like gem hair, that that's actually pretty cool. Oh, see, gem hair would suck just on the grounds that like you can't lay down on anything hard. Imagine trying to oh, sleep at, like sleep on a rock <laughs> at night because you're like in the middle of a cave trying to fight oh, like, Goobledygook the black dragon. I'm like, just like imagine you're like constantly wearing a helmet when yeah. you go to bed. Like, you can't uh, even put a helmet on. Spike, You'd have a spiky to have the helmet, helmet like, perfectly yeah. molded to your head. <laughs> <laughs> I just, oh. Imagine being in a cave and you hear tink 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 because someone like rolled over in their sleep and you're like, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna crush his fucking skull with a rock. Let's see. What what do Aragonasi have? I know in uh in Storm King's Thunder, one of our players. She was an Air Genasi for the longest time. And honestly, they, they're pretty fucking great. Like, <laughs> like, she didn't need to breathe. Like, we would go on underwater adventures all the time, and she's a ranger. So, you know, she's literally like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I can, I can do I can, you know, track. It's all good. Got some couple of air spells, I think. Yeah, this is great. Like, it, yeah. so, uh, Air Genasi, you're descended from the Jin. Uh, as changeable as the weather, your mood shift from calm to wild and violent with a little warning, but these storms rarely last long. Air Genasi usually have light blue skin, hair and eyes. A faint but constant breeze accompanies them, tussling their hair and stirring some clothing. Uh, some Air Genasi speak in breathy voices marked by a faint echo. A uh, few dispay, dispay, fuck me, display odd patterns in their flesh or grow crystals from the... Oh, maybe that... All right, that end one might not be too hot. But everything else is like, nah, man, you're just sort of a pale, uh, you just sort of, you just, you just pale and you vibe, you, you, you know, you might have sudden mood, you know, rapid mood shifts, but like, yeah, it's all right. That's part of the, it's part of the Yeah, it's like air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you're not on fire or constantly covered in mud <laughs> or, you know, made of fucking rocks fucking water. And, or wet constant. Yeah, no, I'd be an air genasi. That'd be great. If you're like, you know, water genasi and air genasi just like hugged. Is it like, you know, you make mud man like from the comics? Oh, so just... <laughs> yeah, I'm good. We are one. Like, yeah, just be, uh, I was gonna say, yeah, be an air genasi and just like, be a mountain climber. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fuck. Just be like, like I, I'm the first person to fucking run backwards up Mount Everest. I don't need to breathe. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> you know? yeah. 
What's that? Oh. 20,000 feet above sea level? Not like I need to worry about, you know, air density. <laughs> <The> air. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh. you know, what's that? Space? Yeah, I don't need an air uh, fucking uh, a backpack, like, you know, the air, air packs. Right. I'll just air do packs, whatever, whatever fuck I want. Just spell jammers to like, I don't need this ship flies off. You know, like, yep. wait, yep. come back. Yeah, being uh. air is great. Being everything else is just like, nah, I'm good, chief. Oh, fuck. That's great. But um, I guess just to kind of kind of wrap up things a little bit, uh, try and let, you know, Josh and Sam out of the warp. Uh, I don't know what, what uh, do you have some any advice for, like, you know, people thinking of like starting their own themed campaigns and like how they should go about it or can go about it. I don't want to say should because that's like, you know, um, forcing you. But like any, you know, help some help for the top 10 helpful tips and how to get you. Yeah, uh, if, if you're going to run a themed campaign, uh, stick to it. Uh, don't yeah. try not to sort of change your mind at the last moment, you know, or, or, or like, don't be afraid to just hold true to it. But also, if you want to stray from it, right, like if you want if, if your whole game takes place in like Japan, or, you know, legally distinct Japan, but then you have, like, Western Knights show up, make that, like, a relevant thing. Like, draw attention yeah. to it. Make it important, because most likely mm. people in that setting yeah. have never seen plates, you know, plate mail or before plate mail. to the degree yeah. that, that they would have it. Mm. Um, and if you're doing, like, just read rules. Just read rule sets. Yeah. Just read, read people, please. Just read them. Matt, you too. Just read them. Even if you don't use them, <laughs> if you have the knowledge to look through a rule set and see where, like, what it does well, and you have a good enough understanding of that rule set to try to implement things into a system you're more comfortable with, that's fine. At least you read it. At least you have that foreknowledge. Just do. Yeah, yeah. I think for me it would be uh, definitely give examples for your players so they understand, like, you know the ideas and the themes that you're trying to go for, like try to break it down for them really easily, you know, show a bunch of movie references or, or give them ideas for books or YouTube videos, you know, like try to like really break it down for them, you know, maybe find some spicy box text to kind of like introduce the players to like whatever the kind of ideas you're trying to go about and intrigue them into the campaign. You want to like hook the players. So it's like if you just say like, yeah, my, you know, it's like magic tech, there's like robots and stuff. It's like players are gonna be like, what the, you know, fucking robots, in my D&D, get this shit out of here. But if you're like, oh, it's fucking pulpy noir Gendry with lots of action explosions, and there are like these metal people that are actually humanoids from another, well, not from another world, but like they were made specifically for war. And it's like, oh shit, that sounds fucking epic. Sign me up. That doesn't sound like robot men whatsoever. Want to like, you know, break it down, break it down now, I, I, for the players. I, I don't it, know if you were it, saying I don't like Warforged or you really no, like Warf. I, I do like, <laughs> I do like Warforged. I'm just, I was trying to like, I was trying to like simplify it to like dumb dumb standards of like how can I describe the Warforged for like. I, I always make I forgot where the the joke comes from where it's like talk to me like I'm a five year old explain to me like I'm five please for love of God. <laughs> well, so that's like, how it's like you can it's like tell me what are what is a warforge it's like it's robot man but they have a human soul in them and they were made for the purpose of war and it's like okay yeah i mean 
if you want to, like I said, if you want to stray from your very specific vision, if you want samurais in Egypt, just treat it the way it should be. Like yeah. you wouldn't yeah, yeah. have, you know, you wouldn't have Miyamoto Musashi rocking up in Cairo being like, hmm, just another another day at the farm. Like if you want to treat it like a, like if, if you're going to introduce it, treat it with the I, I hate to say treat it with the respect it deserves. But like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you don't want to be the again, you don't want to be the one halfling in the all dwarf group. Like, you don't you know, like we all we all agreed to the theme of the game. We all we listened to the DM and what he what they said and what they told us about it. And you show up, you're like, all right, guys, this is the all samurai game. And you show up as the paladin or you show up as the knight or you show up as like, I don't know, something else. <laughs> yeah, if you if you want to play like the all Edo era Japan crew, don't show up as fucking Columbo. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, all right, guys, you got you're all uh, I'm going to take a there's a great YouTube video actually on this like subject by a guy, Seth Skorkowski. Um, he makes the reference of like, you know, the 13th warrior is that player. And it's like, all right, guys, you're all going to play Vikings and you go out and questing. And then it's like the one player is like, you know, I don't want to play a Viking. I actually want to be a priest. And it's like, what? It's like, yeah, I want to be a poet hanging out with these Vikings. And I don't speak the Viking language whatsoever. It's like, why the fuck are you here? What? You not read the campaign documents I sent you? Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> it's like step one, you Viking. Step two, you go adventuring. <laughs> Yeah, that one's particularly weird. Like, because if you want to be like <laughs> Snorri Sturluson, uh, you know the 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 guy who wrote like the the poetic and, and prosaic Edda, you can do that. But if you're like, no, no, he's not even he like he's he's not even related to the Vikings. He's not even the same like race or, or ethnicity or whatever the fuck. Then it's like, what are you doing? You can have yeah, what cause... you want, and you can have your cake and eat it too. Just don't be mm -hmm. a fucking goober about it. Yeah, because like after that one adventure, it's hard to like keep that player in the game so it's like all right bro we're playing an entire campaign like this how are you gonna what is your motivation for sticking with these people you uh, you have nothing in common with but yeah yeah just uh yeah don't be don't be the 13th warrior don't uh you know you know stick stick to the theme you know the ideas break it down for your players uh yeah and then use, use a lot of references and shit get people on board if you're playing in a magic school campaign and you don't reference harry potter at all i i mean what are you doing mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you doing there chief like come on do you know uh, unironically i do kind of want to run a a samurai game like a like a not samurai but like a like a traditional japanese uh edo era game mm -hmm. and i'm just like terrified that i won't be able to do it well like it's just yeah. gonna be really derivative and i'm just like yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, i mean I think there's a game called, is it Seven Rings or 12 Rings or something like that? Oh, um, I think uh, it is think Seven I, Rings. I, yeah, I think it's Seven Rings. Yeah, uh, I I'm, like I might just look into that rule book to see if uh, if that game's any good. I've heard good things from it. Um, yeah, might have to give that a try. Yeah, no, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, if anything, it like and then like taking that idea, if you want to like do a 5e version, it's like, well, it's like everybody, you know, you got your monks, you got fighters, you know, it's like no, no casters. Maybe it's like try to be martial classes of some sort. Yeah. Or like if you're if you are going to play a caster, right, if you're going to do if 
you're gonna be a wizard, be like, okay, you know, play a blade singer and try to style your uh, your spells after like just martial arts, right? If you're gonna do like a uh, blade burst or what's it called? Yeah, sword burst. Yeah, I think like that. yeah, sword burst, blade burst. Yeah. Just like oh, you know, as opposed to like summoning a bunch of swords, you do like a Witcher style pirouette slash or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um. Oh, that's another good like theme idea game: monster hunting, like The Witcher, or Monster Hunter, the video games. Yeah, we I've, I've talked about this with Josh. It would be like impossible to run Monster Hunter in Five E, just because there are really? so yeah, because there are wow. so many mechanics. Uh, yeah, there's you know, like, there's a Five E. I don't want to say hack, but there's a PDF uh, that I actually have that I found online that someone took. I think he took all the monsters from Monster Hunter World and gave them Five E stat blocks. I'm not sure if there's rules on like hunting them and stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a while since I've so, read that PDF. Uh, monsters have like specific weaknesses to certain damage types, and you have to damage them on certain parts of their bodies, uh, and you have to like destroy certain parts of their bodies to get certain loot or to weaken them in certain ways. And then there's the tracking, and there's all the items to keep track of that you'd have to like use to make potions. Yeah, yeah. And you have to sharpen your weapon. I think doing a Witcher style campaign is probably a lot easier than trying to do a monster hunter style campaign absolutely like 100 <laughs> least with witches you could just like buff off the monsters and there you go you don't have to worry about each body part and all the different items you have to use on them and yeah. yeah who who was it that was like you know you you make the monster resistant to almost everything but one damage type oh it's the, the z bash you video on is that it okay yeah yeah he did it. it was a good video it is a very good video on like how to do a witcher style campaign in 5e or play you can play the witcher you know tabletop rpg which I, i've heard is really really bad <laughs> yeah i want i want i do need to give it a read through because i want to you know i don't know play it but like at least like take some ideas from it but like yeah i don't know i, I want to hear like if it's actually a read that if it's actually as like meh as people are saying it is yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I might want to do that too at some point, but God knows yeah. what I'm going to have the fucking time. It's God by the same company that made Cyberpunk too. Cyberpunk so, I really do want to play. Um, yeah, I do want to try the one shot. Like, I, I have Cyberpunk Red. Like, I bought, like, uh, the red, like, starter pack thing. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, okay, Matt. maybe one day. One if, day I'll... If yeah. you wanted to do Cyberpunk in 5v, I have a rule book. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of it because I don't know if it ever ended up coming out. Um, but I have like the the review copy of a Cyberpunk game that's really mm. cool. And I know some guys were like playing it. Uh, they were like they did like a podcast for it. They had like a studio and everything. Oh, um, shit. I don't know if anything ever came of that because of COVID, but. Uh, I have a copy if you ever wanted to give it a look. Maybe, maybe. I I do want to, like, I know the joke is like, you know, I'm stuck in my 5e hole and I'll never get out. Uh, I do want to try Cyberpunk, like, the read the system, because, like, the biggest thing with me, it's like, I'm a very slow reader, which is why, like, I gave up trying to learn uh, uh, Kamigakari, because it, it, I, I didn't understand the rules, and when I reread it, like, two or three times, there was something that wasn't clicking in my head and it's like maybe i just i'm like i'm a slow learner i'm a slow reader and i'm like by the time i i understand the game enough to like master it or run it at least it'll be like fucking way too long 
Whereas with Cyberpunk Red, they they want to do the five thing, five E thing, where it's like we're going to simplify it, make it easier for people to run, and a lot of people seem to like Red. So I'm kind of like, ah, fuck it, I'll try Red. Yeah, make it make it make it easier version of your game for dum dums like me. And I'll, I'll run. <laughs> yeah, I, I know uh, that. <laughs> He's a he's a YouTuber. He, he's the mixologist guy. Had a drink. I know. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was streaming Cyberpunk Red on his Twitch oh, account. Shit. And I oh, wanted I to give it a try. Yeah, I just like videos. never had yeah. the chance. Like I just never found the time maybe, to do it. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe knock on wood. One 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 day this year. I'll maybe maybe I'll do during. I usually do uh, around October. I run a bunch of like random one shots for people like my players, Storm King's Thunder, just because I, I I call it one shot Tober. Just because I feel like it's like, you know, it's a good break, you know, you know, from like everybody's normal campaigns and stuff. Maybe I'll, I'll run a cyberpunk one shot, the one from the book, uh, the starters that they give out for like different people. I'd be down. Yeah. But yeah, that. Um, but yeah, everybody, thank you for, for listening in on this on this episode of uh, Sessions Canceled. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitters and the YouTubes, you know, thumbs up, subscribes, uh, God, I am terrible at all this stuff. Ding that dong. Uh, <laughs> I was like, do I save him? No. God, no, no. Just no, let I me don't. let me drown in this. Yeah, if you yep. if you, you if you listen listen to us on uh, a uh, audio only platform such as Spotify and Apple and all that other jazz, uh, give us give us a rating. Uh, you know, you know. Let, let us know what you think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am I am so bad at these readings. God. <laughs> I know, like, it's like, yeah, Josh isn't here. The voices, they're gone. It's clear. I'm not getting interrupted. But now I'm like, damn it. I need his interruption for these for this one moment specifically. Oh, my God. You know, I'm proud of you. I thought you were going to bring up the interrupting thing a lot. No, and I think this I'm is not the second mean. time you've done it. So, you know, you've done good. You've done good. No, no I'm not Still that mean. Still really funny, though. <laughs> um, well, Brett, Brett, can you just play the audio from Spider-Man Homecoming of, like, Doc Ock, like, the voices are, are leaving him. That's all I that's all I want for the outro. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye. Those voices inside my head. <laughs> <laughs>